So, hello, and this is episode 13 of the Wisdom Experience podcast. This doesn't relate um, to Friday the 13th. It's not the 13th of Friday, is it? No, it's my birthday today. No. Yeah, it as is we're your recording birthday. This. Yeah, recording and this on This is so, how dedicated I am to this podcast. I'm recording this on my birthday. With a smile on your face. With a smile on my face. So, actually... Cher, how old are you today? Today I am 52. So as we call this the Wisdom Experience Podcast. I'm 52 years wisdom, 52 52 years years wise. (laughs) So tell us in terms of wisdom and being 52 and working on your birthday, what, what is your wisdom around that? Well, for one thing, as us old people, and I throw you in that category as well, we stop counting after a while. We just don't pay attention to birthdays, as it were. Um, like, in fact, when I woke up this morning, I was just carrying on as a normal. Then I got a WhatsApp from someone that said, happy birthday. And I was like, dope, I actually forgotten that it was my birthday. Um, so... <laughs> I don't. I, I guess I, I. I don't. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a thing. I know for some people it's huge, and they always take a day off work, and they do stuff, and they got things planned, and yada yada. Um, if it wasn't for my family, I probably would have no concept one of how old I am, two that it is my birthday, and three have anything done. So they always push pushing me to. Oh yeah, what are we doing for your birthday? And, and then the daughters made a cake, homemade cake. She, Baked last night. Um, she makes, I don't know why she doesn't just be a baker. You should see her creation that she makes. Awesome creation she comes up with. Oh, wow. Um, and decorated and all sorts of things. Um, you, you, you say, I wanted this theme cake. So you go make a theme cake based off of what you request. Um, but yeah, so if it wasn't for them, I would lose track. In fact, one year I think I did forget how old I was. <laughs> uh, I had to ask. So I had to ask someone. <laughs> Would you know, I did through my 40s. You know, actually, if, if it's, uh, you know, like what's sort of 40 and 45 and then obviously 50. But actually, the in-betweens, they are a bit vague. And, and kind of like you, I suppose, in my early years anyway, I was never that bothered about my birthday. Um, but, yeah, they're kind of the, the zeros and the fives, as it were. They're always... Uh, I, I enjoy those. I really enjoy those. Yeah, they're, they're marking time. So, again, I guess another way of looking at it is that um, I'm on a downward slope, aren't I? Well, downward slope to what? To death. Well, There's no escaping that. Yeah. You, you're not going, I'm not, I'm not getting, unless I'm immortal, I don't think I'm immortal. So if the average age of the man in the UK is like 80-something, 80 81 or 82, um, I'm 52, so I'm on the other side of that curve, Jack. I'm just nothing but I'm I'm headed straight for the grave. We're all headed that way, but I've reached the pinnacle based off of the average age of the male. I'm on the downward slope of that average age thing. So we're we start dying as soon as you're born. I get that bit, but just on pure numbers, I am on the other side of the curve. And unless you come, unless they come up with something where we get immortal life or whatever, then yeah, that's it, man. Well, yeah. Have you seen this? There's a program on, I think it's Amazon Prime, um, called Uploaded. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Premise. Yeah. So the premise behind Uploaded is that uh, before you die, before you die. 
absolutely they upload your consciousness and your personality and your presumably character actually and so on and so forth so kind of everything apart from your body and then they they kind of they they I don't know because I don't know what the terminology is but they they meld the essence of you uh with a and uh, what would you call it like an image um your residual like, uh, image of yourself you're talking about yeah yeah so you kind of so a virtual a virtual body as it were yeah. and you live in a virtual place well um, that's a that's an age-old take on the ph- philosophical question of the brain in the vet in terms of um if the, all of the world is interpreted through our five senses and everything that you experience is in your brain, yeah. Um, if you were to take your brain out and hook up all the nerve endings to a giant machine and create the same visuals and taste and smell that you're inside of your brain, then how would you know whether you were walking around in a body or where you were, or if you're actually indeed actually a brain in a vet? And so it's a play off of that same idea. So, and then you can get into things like, you know, well, what is consciousness? So what is a, what is life in that sense? If I can take your consciousness out of your body and put it into a machine, is it still you? Can I copy it? And if I make another copy of you, is that you? Or does that become another being the moment it has its own experiences? I mean, you can go all over the place with this one, isn't it? So, mm. um, and I always thought, and I... This other one, I've done this thought experiment, is if you, kind of like on the amnesia thing, if you took away your complete sort of past, so everything that you've experienced up until now, so you, you still have all your bodily functions, you know how to walk and that kind of thing, but if you took away all of your memories, who would you be? Now, that's really interesting. So talking about age and kind of on the, the downhill uh, slope, as it were. So I've just spent quite a lot of time over the past few months with my grandpa. And my grandpa is 100. He turned 100 in March. And it has been very interesting because he is still him and he has lots of memories, but he's very much at that stage where he's kind of missing uh, chunks of, of today as it were so he can cope if he likes to know exactly what's happening as in so what time am I essentially being picked up because we pick him up and take him over to my mum's house um, so what time am I being picked up do I wear this shirt you know what's the plan for today am I going anywhere or am I kind of just coming over to, to my mum's and you know, am I just reading or being with the family um, so he can do that and he can think back to things but the reality is he he doesn't know who I am I mean I I look very similar to my mum so as far as he's concerned I'm my mum um because my you know it's quite I'm sorry I don't know why that made me pause and laugh um because but but I still look like my mum um and my two sons so his great grandsons who are 17 and 15 he actually thinks that they are my brother who is 49 so, so is his brain creating these memories then are you saying so he's like it's like he's melding whatever he has in his mind he sees two boys remembers that he's had boys and so he's, his brain's just constructing yeah, um, think, these things i think it probably is i think it's doing a couple of things i think it's it's searching for, for clues that help him understand 
who he is and where he is and what's happening. So it's almost like, you know, if you go to a new place, um, you know, my husband always says he checks out the exits. I think a lot of men do this, check out the exits, make sure I can get out. Um, you know, a lot of... That's a wise, if we're talking wisdom, that's a wise saying, always check the exits before you yeah. enter. There you go. I think that's a kind of a soldier CIA type thing, probably. Um, women, or certainly, you know, and I'm, I'm doing huge generalizations here, so mm. I apologize to anybody, but <clears throat> many women, as soon as we go somewhere, we want to know where the toilets are. So we want to know the things that are important to us that give us a bearing, give us a, a standing and an understanding as to where we are and, and if we're okay. Um, and so I think his brain is probably doing that. Basically, you know, am I safe? What's going on here? Who am I with? Can I trust them? Yeah, um, I mean, that's like so an evolution thing, isn't it? That's, that's a whole sort of evolution aspect. As in, And this is what I say is the blessing and the curse of our brain. So, you know, we don't have claws and things like that. So our imagination is our survival weapon. Um, and one of the things that we need to do or or to feel safe and secure is exactly that it's like you know is it you know the flight and flight the fight or flight so it's you know your brain is wanting to make these connections is this safe is this an enemy um and then yeah how how what's can i relax and be safe in this thing so one of the things that the brain's really good at is um it looks for patterns yeah but it's yep. also a detriment looking for the pattern. So, and it's so fast. It looks for patterns and makes these huge leaps and conclusions of things. If, if we did a, a visual here, I would show you a couple of um, things that I use in the training that I do, where I show, I put a picture up and ask people what they see. And it's because the brain is so quick and it looks for patterns. It looks for it's called a, a ladder of uh, of um, is it a ladder of preference. Uh, or inference or something like that, but this I have to look it up. And and it, your brain goes through these stages, so it looks for these patterns. Once it makes a, a pattern, um, it then draws a conclusion, but it's not always the right conclusion. It just looks for the pattern, um, and it then makes it. Oh, so like you see, as you say, so you go outside right now, um, you don't know every tree that you're going to see. Your brain yeah. just sees the pattern, that's a tree, and it's classified as a tree, and you can go on. Because um, imagine if you had to stop and think about every single thing, every single time that you had to reassess everything, and you'd probably never get anywhere. So the brain just looks for these patterns. Um, and I know we're probably far off from the conversation we were going to talk about today, which was about courage. <laughs> Um, but that's a nice preamble into courage. And I don't even know how they even link, but I thought I'd make a sloppy segue into courage otherwise i would keep going talking about patterns and brain connections well you see now you say that we hadn't actually said we were going to talk about courage we had i mean done. i know we we had you and i had before yeah. we started recording but actually i was thinking that where we've ended up or where we where we've started to explore is really interesting and i was thinking well maybe we just continue with that and do courage well, you that. can carry on carry on right let's go <laughs> so, yeah. and we can so, maybe talk about courage too I, i'm sure i in some way i'll link them we'll back together in. We'll in because actually because <laughs> you're right actually there is a link so so going on in terms of as you say there's evolution there's fight or flight there's making sure that we are safe and, and the whole point is that we make sure we are safe and that we can continue with the species now you have to have 
courage, therefore, to do something that may put you in a position where you are not safe, where you're outside that the, the safety of your tribe or your comfort zone. So is that where courage comes in? Uh, it could do. It depends on how you're how we were wanting to approach courage. So if you think about what is courage is the first question, isn't it? So it's the ability mm, to do always. something that frightens you um, as, a, as, a, as a base one or the strength in the face of pain or grief to, to carry on. So there's physical courage and there's moral courage. Mm. Um, so it's about doing something. It's, about, it's an action thing, isn't it? It's like, do you have the courage to do X, whatever that might be? Do you have the physical courage to... Uh, watching the um, eco challenge right now on um, Amazon, and it's the world's oh, toughest race. That. Yeah, it's the world's toughest race, and they used to run them. I mean, they've been going for twenty some odd years, probably more, but they stopped for a while. This is the first one that's been back on, and they're just ridiculously. It's a, it's a twenty. I say 24 hours as in the clock never stops. So it's an 11 day continuous race, basically. And you've got to choose if you sleep, when you sleep, and that kind of thing. But the clock never stops. Um, and it's mm. totally unsupported in terms of, you know, you've got to have your own equipment, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then there's, so it's the physical courage. You have the physical courage to scale this giant mountain. And then there's moral courage. Do you have the courage to make? The, this is the right decision, as in, you know, this is right, that's wrong. If there's a crowd of people wanting you to do one thing, do you have the moral courage to do the right thing? Um, so, yeah. To you. yeah. Yeah. Well, then you get into this whole sort of uh, ethics and morality, then, don't you? So, there's a couple of mm. things in that. So, in order to be able to make a courageous, you know, to exhibit moral courage, you have to have values which most people mm. have values of some sense or another, but knowing what those values are. Um, but do you have the courage to stand up for those values or will you go back to the Maslow thing and say, well, actually security is more important than my values. And so I'll do, I'll violate my values to keep myself safe. Whereas more courage would in, in, it would be your duty to stand up, even if that means dying or getting killed or put, being put in jail um, or having your family killed and all sorts of other things come out of mm. moral courage. And, you know, some people have serious moral courage because they've lived through all the three things that I've just done. They refuse to um, give in to bad things, um, even though it might have meant their own death. And then there's the physical courage, and both are equally hard. So yeah, I mean, it depends on where you want to talk on that aspect. But then also in our world, um, there's also you know the do people have the courage to be themselves? Well, you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, so we're herd animals, right? And we want to fit in with the society, the community, the people around us. Um, well, which also comes back to you know, fight, flight, or you know, kind of being safe, doesn't it, in terms of tribe, community, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we want to, I mean, we, we, we want to be a part of the herd because there's safety in numbers, as it were. Um, mm -hmm. And the herd has sway on you in the sense that back in the days, maybe not so much now, 
um, in a different kind of sense that if you got kicked out of the tribe, that was a death sentence, basically, wasn't it? Back in the days mm-hmm. when woolly mammoth and things were running around. Um, but so yeah, so the courage to be yourself. Um, I think I posted on my Facebook uh, page something around um, about about that in terms of having the courage to be your authentic self so to be who you truly are and not all of us do for a number of different reasons you got pressure from your spouse your family um, your peers you know there's a lot of people who don't want you to be who you are um because it means something too so so i think i put have the courage to be disliked that's what i posted on my wall yesterday Mm. so i said uh, sometimes we hide our authenticity out of fear of being misunderstood or disliked um, but you have to have the courage to be disliked and be your own authentic self. Um, See, and the other thing is, of course, actually, we don't always know who we are. We actually don't necessarily know who our authentic self is. Yeah, well, um, see, that I, I, I don't know. And how, why, how can that, how can you not know who you are? So if I take a, a um, I suppose, a, a Taoist kind of view, you can't help but not know who you are. I think not knowing who you are, and this may be a controversial statement, is born out of all this sort of self-help stuff about purpose, about finding your passion, about finding this, you know, the, the thing that drives you, makes you happy. All that stuff has caused people not to know who they are. Um, I reckon... And if you just historically look back, um, we didn't have those kinds of conversations um, because we didn't have the luxury to think, oh, who am I? Um, you just, you know, you were the farmer's son. Um, and yeah, but you, that's not necessarily who you are. But you wouldn't have had the, you would, yeah, that, so yes, we now have that's, the luxury. That's, that's yeah, what you do. It, but that's our luxury thing of saying, you know, who you are, so isn't, so now we're in the place where we say, what you do isn't who you are, but that's mm. born out of this whole new age speak and all that, so that's born out of this, out of this self-helpish kind of space of who who am I, uh, and who you are is not what you do, um, and it would be interesting to do a Google search to see where that phrase, when that phrase showed up in our, in our history, you know what you do is not who you are because back in the days it would have been who you are you would have been the blacksmith's son and that's you wouldn't so you wouldn't have had this angst of needing to decide who you wanted to be because you would have just done what it is that you do and much like animals do they don't a cat doesn't question being a cat it just bees a cat mm. it just doesn't but it sting. doesn't have to change or does it have to change its personality according to the way it was brought up by its parents, as it were, or the way its owners treat it? So my cat, for example, um, I want my cat to eat regularly, as in I want to know that it's going to eat, let's say, for example, twice a day. I want it to have wet food once and dry food once and to drink a bottle of water so that I know that it's okay. My cat doesn't eat like that. My cat likes to have, I have a little mouth here 
and then I'll have a little message there and I'm going to come and meow out to you and blah, 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 blah. So my cat does not change what it wants according to, to what I try and do to it or, or offer it. You know, it doesn't fit in with the structure that I I think that's like. kind of my point, though, isn't it? My point is you want the cat to do something, but the cat's no, yeah, just yeah, being the cat. <laughs> but if you're a child, okay, so and that's the point. So yeah. the cat doesn't change. But if you're a child, actually, and you grew up as the blacksmith's son, then actually you didn't necessarily have a choice. And to But you wouldn't around, have questioned the choice. You would have just done it because that's how life that's, it is what but, it is. But some people did. That well, must some have people, taken yeah. an inordinate amount of exactly. courage. But some was people it courage did. Or was it predetermined, <laughs> I don't know, in your personality that says, no, actually, I'm, I'm not going to do this. This really isn't for me. Yeah, some people would have at some point in time stood to do that then i would ask well who were these people people had the luxury to have those kind of conversations they had more freedom than other people did in terms of you know they weren't just focusing on living um yeah i think there's so i think there's a there's a number of you know yeah where did this come from but anyway so i guess my question is how do you not know how can you not know who you are you are who you are you might forget or you might not want to believe who you are, but, you know, that's something that you're creating in your own mind. And mm. there's a great saying that I like, be the you you already are. But, okay. but you have, but you have, you only, you, you, right now, if you go into, um, you know, we can just go into Tesco's, look in the magazines, or just turn on the TV, you don't even need to go anywhere. There's going to be a lot of things telling you who you should be. Mm. And you're not who you could be because you don't have these things or you don't have that. And you, so there's Daddy so many things. not this so, slim or you yeah. don't have long hair or you don't That's how we it. get confused. We get confused. Or your case, how at all. Because everybody's trying to tell us who we are. So you, forget, you get confused. But you actually yeah. already know who you are. Um, so I, I'm being quite cheeky with you today because you're in quite a serious mood and I'm in quite a Well, I'm not in a serious mood. I just, it's not serious. <laughs> well, I, oh, sorry. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm ever. more serious than I am. Right? I don't think I'm ever in a serious mood. When have <laughs> no. you, I'm rarely ever in a serious mood. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, but you're right. And, and in terms of all of these things, there was a couple of things that you said that I wanted to pick up on. So how can you not know who you are? I, I think, I definitely think you can not know who you are because I think if you've got amnesia you say again if you have amnesia then you don't know who you are that's very true <laughs> I don't um, know I'm just I'm just I'm being well, devil's no, advocate it's, it's very true. and as I say obviously I mean, you know I, I, I know my grandpa does not have amnesia um, but there are periods and, and points where he definitely doesn't know where he is uh, does he know who he is uh, I honestly don't know because actually that's Funnily enough, and I'm now thinking it's kind of like I've never asked him that question. I've asked him, do you know where you are? And sometimes he will simply ask. He will say, well, he'll call me my mum's name and then say, where am I? Or sometimes he won't even call me my mum's name. He'll just say, I'm sorry, I can't remember, you know, who, where I am or, or what's happening. And then I just kind of talk him through and I give him enough points that he can remember who he is where he is but i've not actually asked him who he is however that's that's kind of at the kind of the the amnesia that's sort of the the dementia age if you like of, of the life cycle all right so let's go let's bring it back to you so who are you then 
who am I? Yeah, who are you? Now, well, this is a great question. And I, again, I would never really talk about who you are. So a lot of the things I'm talking about at the moment with my clients, and we've actually touched on this briefly in recent weeks, is how to be. So how to be me is a very practical spin or a, a perspective, if you like, that I put on it. Because we go into the corporate environment, we dress a certain way, we behave in ways that are appropriate there. But is that really me? And sometimes it is. Like for me, it's just... So wait, no, you, you slow down. So <laughs> no, no, because you're saying who, who am I and then how to be. Mm. And so you're focusing them on how to be and taking their mind away from the who easier. I am. Yeah, because yeah. it's so sometimes it's easier to focus on how to be. Well, how to be me? How should I? And we were talking but, yesterday, I was saying about how do I but when you, organize when you, my time? When you go how to be, but then when you say how to be me, you're now back to who am I? Mm-hmm. You brought that pronoun back. You're just using a different mm. version of the pronoun me and I. But if you, st- I get it, if you stop that how to be, but you said how to be me, which is back to who am I? just a different pronoun you've just used a different version of the pronoun i there you go you see so i've snuck it in in a way that's easier for people to to find out or it's easier to focus on the b but then they'll become maybe become somebody who they don't want to be because they're focusing on the b and not actually having the question of who am i so they'll start well, doing it's, it. it's always well yeah. so so the way i work with it it's always a stepping stone it's it's not about Focusing and and also it wouldn't be about them doing something they're not comfortable with. So we have to work out what's in alignment with, and this comes back actually to things like your values, your morals. You know, actually. But does that does not just skirt the question of who you are? Say that again. Does that not just skirt the question of who you are? That's just avoiding um, the question. It's a layering. It's layering. Is so it? I know you've asked me, but actually, I'd love to hear it from you. So who are you? How would you answer that question? So I would go with the biblical answer to that. I am. Done. Period. There is no thing after I am. That's how God answered the question. That's right. I am that I am. I just, I am. Done. Well, so so Yahweh, which is one of the names for God, is in it anything to do with that. It's, It's I am that I am. And... This is a slight difference one, but a slight difference. But there was a, a, a meditation once taught to me where you breathe out saying, I am. And on the that, you kind of turn your breath around and then you say, I am, as you then breathe back in. It's a real one when you get your head around it and you get into the pattern of this cyclical breathing and speaking, I am that I am. It's really amazing for changing how you feel in your head. Or Popeye did that as well, didn't he? You remember Popeye? Yeah. I I, I remember Popeye, but not for this. I remember this. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. No, that was his saying. saying, I am that I am, and that's all that I am. So Popeye is actually God. And and he's got the right take on who am I? I am that I am, (laughs) and that's all that I am. What more do you need to know? (laughs) And so, so, but but don't listen. Really mean then. So I am means you just it, that you are, right? And then I know you can look at, there's a, who was it? Kierkegaard. I, I, I think, therefore, I am. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of going into this, you know, the consciousness, I think. So that means I, I, I am. Um, so on a 
on a a level of pure consciousness and existence than you end at I am. You, you, you're a, a consciousness. Now, where we get into this labeling thing, because we equate who I am with what I do, mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to break that mold. So we're thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and at the top is identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and the, for a lot of people, and this is probably conducent to the society that we're in, um, what I do is who I am. So when you <laughs> meet someone, you say, you know, um, you know, hi, I'm Clay, and I am whatever. Um, and then when people say, well, what do you do? It's usually a part of the conversation. And how mm-hmm. do most people answer that? Well, I'm a journalist. or this I'm is the a, job I do. Um, they don't even say this is a job I do. So you, mm-hmm. say, you just say, I am a journalist. That's how you would mm-hmm. answer that. What do you do? Well, I'm a journalist. I'm a, so our identity is tied into the work that we do. Um, and it took me a while to break that cycle of equating who I am with what I do um, because it's, that's not quite the case. Um, and so my thing about who am I, I am, is enough. And there's other questions that fall out of that for me, like why are we here and why do we do what we do and why are we into this sort of thing? but I'm happy with the fact that I am who I am and that's all that I am. So Popeye is, has been my, my idol and role model for growing up in all of that sort of space. But I think we people can get lost in that question, who am I? Um, and, you know, I guess I would question why you're asking the question. Are you asking the question because, you know, you, you look around and, you know, there's a whole thing about finding your passion, finding your purpose, you know, all those kind of things that make you feel inadequate if you don't know what those are, um, then there's a sense of loss and there's a sense mm-hmm. of something's missing. And so now I'm searching for something. Um, there's a very cool sort of Zen Buddhist saying, the thing that you're searching for is causing you to seek. And this all then comes back to erasing this idea of needing to I guess it's realizing that you are already. There's nothing for you to be. There's nothing for you to do. Absolutely. But that's, that's a very Taoist kind of thing. Is it's just you just you know you just are. Um, but, but do you have? Is there a value in going through that journey to understand that you are who you are all along? And well, that yeah. Is I mean, that's that's now. what a lot of folks all you know. That's what meditation ends up being about is so that you can realize that you aren't this body, that you aren't the person that's kicking around in your head thinking. Um, all the conversations you have in your, you know, that's not you. Um, you know, you're something that's above that or different from that. Um, and so that's what that journey is meant to be about, for you to realize that. Um I like T.S. Eliot, and I always quote this one. It's in the Four Quartets, and he says, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will, we will, will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Mm. And I think we, go, we get disconnected from who we are because everybody else has a vested interest in telling us who we are. 
you know, your parents and stuff, you know, and then your school and your religious to everybody's telling you who you are <laughs> so mm-hmm. so then you go on this well, great big search because when you're born as a baby you already know who you are you don't have that question yeah exactly you but just, see i would say they're not telling you who you are they're telling you how to be and it's actually is that how i wish to be they're you telling know, do you I, do i want to fit into this system mm. um or do i not and if i'm outside of the system what does that mean and so people who are outside of the system, we then stick in another system. So are we, are we, maybe our, maybe our, we're at, um, so identity. Mm-hmm. And then there's above identity. So when I say I am, I'm talking the supernatural, I guess, or above identity. You're talking capitals. And I know that might sound a silly thing to say, but it's kind of a, if you write out I am in capitals, that's that's kind of the pinnacle, the top. And then identity is a part of who you are. Is that right? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm trying to say that identity is the construct that's down. So when I when you say that we're teaching people how to be, and I say that the B and the I are in that identity piece. Uh, that's part of that. Whereas when I'm talking about the I am, it goes that step above the triangle. This, this when you meditate, yeah, you're okay. trying yeah. to hit enlightenment to realize that you're not any of that. You're not your ego, super ego, id. You're not this body. You're not this. Um, it's trying to get you to. So that one of the questions that I ask on the scent is who are you between two thoughts? I like that. Who are you between two thoughts? And I know we've touched on that before. And then there's the question, who's who's the who doing the thinking? And there's a big silence here because I'm actually writing this down and thinking about it at the same time. Who's the who? that's doing the thinking and that is a really good question because who is the who that's doing thinking Mm, that's the great mystery (laughs) i am Mm. oh my head is kind of going Mm. tick 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 so when we talk about the courage to be who you are if we're going back to courage Mm. again um, well that's the question yeah okay so so if I come so, down yeah. off the spiritual end and let's go back to the courage to be who you are as in consciously deciding um, who you want to be, what you want to do, um, exhibiting the full of your personality, you know, you being you without any filters. And how many people yes. have the courage to do that? Well, I- I, I, I think there's very few. And actually, um, I was on LinkedIn yesterday and somebody uh, had posted, it was a meme, but it was actually related to a person's dissertation uh, in, in, in a master's or to do with a master's to do with how, uh, in her example, autistic people have to work really, really hard to put themselves to one side to then communicate with people who are not autistic 
uh, in a way that's appropriate um, or acceptable. And it's exhausting for autistic people to have to behave in ways that we would say are socially acceptable. You know, so, and I say, say the royal we, but, you know, people who, oh, they didn't look at me, so they must be shifty. I'm like, no, eye contact is very distracting for people who are autistic. So if you want to have the essence of what that person is sharing with you, if they have autism, is to actually, they don't need to look at you to share their brilliant idea or their insight or whatever it is that they know that you don't. You just simply need to listen and to ignore all the social cues and really get to the nub of what they're trying to share with you rather than them having to go through this overlay of, right, I know I've got to look this person in the eye. I know I've got to 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 say the pleasantries, the pleasantries of, hello, how are you? Rather than, look, I've had this great idea and share it with you, which even that alone is a pleasantry to somebody who has autism. They just want to tell you what they want to tell you. Yeah, and this is this idea of socialising people. Mm. We socialise you know, people into into the community, into society, and there's norms that go with that. There's rituals that go with that. And I know we did an episode, mm-hmm. episode two, I think it was, on uh, rituals. Um, and that's what these things become. There's a great book called Games People Play, uh, written by um, psychologists or psychiatrists, one of the two. Um, but he talks about the games that people play. So even just that, when I come and I see you for the first time, the game that you and I are going to play is I'm going to say, hi, how are you? And you're going to say, oh, I'm fine. And we'll go through that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's that me, I won't. I'll tell you how I really am. And then an hour later, you go, all right, can we Well, sometimes you now? do, but sometimes <laughs> you don't. But that's the that's the ritual, isn't it? That's the ritual. Um, the, you know, the ritual of shaking hands. Is, you know, I'm, I'm going to play this game, the shake hands. So mm-hmm. it's got to be a firm handshake. It's got to be. Um, so there's like a ton of, or even, you know, hey, you come home from work. You know, you got the ritual of how was your day today? What are we having for dinner? So we played, this is what he, and he gets you to unpack all the games that you play all day long with different people mm. and family, friends at work. Um, and these games then have um, rules to the game. And then if someone breaks those conventions, then that causes some dissonance when that mm. happens. Um, and so, you know, part of the, you know, courage to be who I am, you know, do I have the courage to be that? Does that put me at a disadvantage at work if I be who I am? Um, mm-hmm. You know, do, you know, do what, do I play a game so that I can advance and get what I want to at work? Because if I was truly who I wanted to be, um, then a lot of people might not like me or they'll shun me or um, they'll, whatever they might do, it might be a disadvantage to me. So now we're back to survival instinct, aren't we? So Absolutely. now it's back to... Um, I've got to protect myself and your, you know, your, um, your, 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 your self wants to protect itself, doesn't it? Your, I mean, if I, I, I was hesitating to talk about ego and id, um, and the super ego, you know, these parts of ourselves, you know, there's one that's responsible for protecting us. Um, and so it does things to keep you to keep you, us, yourself, <laughs> your three selves safe. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll 
put on different masks, we'll mold ourselves, we'll quiet ourselves down, we'll dim our lights. You know, I know a lot of, and I'm not a woman, so you can uh, talk more on this, but some of the threads I've been looking at online, um, you know, so, you know, so, you know, women are conditioned to, you know, act a certain way. You know, I think it was talking about like if, if a woman is, um, you know, loud or talks back, then she, you know, then she's viewed in a different way, not as if it, not mm-hmm. like if a man does it, if you know, he stands up and he's like, Rrr! then, you know, he's, you know, he's being a leader, a strong, aggressive dude. Whereas if a woman does the same character, does, displays the same behavior, it gets labeled different. Um, mm. But everybody, men, women, we all, we all, um, figure out the environment and then reshape ourselves to fit into that environment in order to stay safe. Absolutely. Um, in fact, actually, as, as we're recording this, we are recording this, <clears throat> sorry, the day after GCSE results have come out. And, you know, obviously A-levels came out the week before. We're recording this, you know, in 2020 when we've had um, all the disruption of coronavirus. And there's been a big fury over how the exams were, sorry, not the exams because there weren't any exams, but basically as to how the pupils' results were calculated and then adjusted by, uh, it must be off-ball or I'm not sure or off I'm not entirely sure about that. That bit. But the point is, we have now, as a society, become more aware of how our exams, when they're normally exams, are marked, and and therefore how whatever we do still is in the system. So taking this back and say it's about if you don't play the games in terms of behaviour, if you don't play the game in terms of how to study and how to take those exams you put yourself at a disadvantage before there's even this layer of, of disadvantage that we are now seeing exists within the education system. Um, and it's always been there. It's just that we're probably more aware of it now. But this so book that I've been reading on the, that, that self-university book, he talks a lot about that. I mean, even if you, I mean, you could call into question, well, what's the point of taking these exams anyway? What are people well, going yes, to do exactly. with the exam? What, is, exactly. you know, what do they do? That um, is exactly what both of my children would say. Oh, well, and no then problem. even school. So, I mean, if I play the game in school, it's so that I can do this exam. And then if I do this exam, I can do these other things. Um, but that's, again, it's a conditioning thing to say, not that you want to learn anything, but just learn the teacher and learn how to pass the exam, you know, Whereas I think oh, yeah. with this book, it's like pushing people to, um, you know, actually learn some stuff for, you know, yeah, for wisdom, you know, actual real wisdom, not an, an application of that wisdom that you're going to or that knowledge you're going to apply in, in the wisdom sort of sense versus I'm going to do this. I actually don't care about this subject, um, but um, I need to do this subject to pass this exam so my friend just mm-hmm. before we had this conversation she was saying like her kids had a, a module on the transport system or transportation or something um again does a kid need to know that why is that even in the curriculum 
in the school? It's a great question. You know, is and, it, and this this is where actually you know we're looking at we've got and 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 I am going to massively oversimplify here, but GCSEs it's all about knowledge, not about understanding. It's about knowledge, and then when we get into A levels and and further. Then and, and this is in the academic route because obviously with now, thankfully, we're starting to develop also a practical route um, for education. But in the academic route, then when you get to A levels, it's starting to, to understand, it's starting to develop those questioning skills, those critical thinking skills that we've talked about. And, and this is what's really important. But the brain, it has been well documented, doesn't really develop the ability to think critically and by that I suppose we could say analytically so it's not about criticizing but it's about critiquing and that doesn't really start to mature or mature until your mid-20s of course by which time we've got an education system that is set up so that you would have left the education system so I, don't, I don't know if it's that the brain can't do critical thinking before then I think it's how you're it educated. Works, it's growing and developing, but that's the point is it's not certainly the, the theory is that 16-year-olds, particularly boys, I believe, if you look into the, the research, just don't have that ability. Well, how would you explain Alexander the Great, who was 15 and had a whole empire and ruled the world, tactical genius? Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's I don't think it's a case that we can't do. I think it's a case that we don't train people to do we we educate them for something different we educate them to be essentially you know be a part of the machine and be slaves slave slave wage slaves so i'm not i don't so want to potentially yeah potentially. i mean so but, how would i explain alexander the great or any of the guys always an anonymy but no no but go, i mean if we go historically go back and think of the average age of a person and how long they live for one and then how much people did before we said, okay, no, kids can't do. I mean, look, think how many, you can just go back in your own history, how many kings that you had that were became kings, you know, before you're, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but they don't rule on their own. They had, rule well, with the whole. You had soldiers, you had generals that were very young, you had people making big history. So, but we didn't yes put the, but and then, no. But we, but, <laughs> So when did we start making kids be kids? Even kids weren't just kids back in the day. I mean, as soon as you could start doing something, you were put to work. It. Yeah, right? Um, well, but then, were, yeah. yeah. But then then we said, okay, well, now we, because we're now in the industrial age and now I need mom and pop in the factory, so I need someone mm-hmm, to be able mm-hmm. to look after the kids, so let's put them through this this process. And then when you got your bleeding hearts, it's like, oh, no, you can't be working kids to the bones at this age. They've got to now be, um, and then, you know, so now they don't get to start doing things until later in life. Uh, and we still have some really ridiculous things. So in the States, I can go to war and fight and kill and die for my country at 18, but mm-hmm. I can't drive a car um, or I can't drink until I'm 21. You know, what's that about? Um, well, tell me, what's what's the difference in the uh, capabilities or the skills needed to do those two things? Well, there's none. <laughs> just to think, you know. Say that again. You just don't think. No, there, there's no difference. That's my point. My point is. But there is. Uh, what, there what is. is. What's the... So you've been in the army. Yeah, I've been if in the army. If you have a soldier, a foot soldier, yeah. who 
thinks for himself. Now, I'm thinking of Star Wars here because that's probably easier for many people to relate to. But if you have a foot soldier who thinks for himself and doesn't follow orders, then what does that do? But see, this is this is the misconception of the military. Oh, is it? Go on, yeah. right. Chef, we train our soldiers to think for themselves because we it's different from your, you know, our sort right. of Eastern okay. block. This is the thing. I think people think the military, you just follow orders. Well, actually, you only have to follow legal orders for one thing. So people like, if you take the melee uh, massacre, and there's more recent ones, you know, people who use the ex- excuse that I was just following orders, they can't use that excuse because you're not, you only have to obey lawful orders, which means you have to have critical faculty to say, well, actually, that thing you're asking me to do is illegal. Now back to courage. Now, do you have the moral courage to stand Mm -hmm. up and say, no, I'm not obeying that order because it's an illegal order? Um, you know, then you craft and a whole bunch of things. So, yeah, so we, you know, and then the reason why we train them to think is because the battlefield is very lethal. So in two minutes, you might be the person in charge in the modern battlefield. So as a platoon leader, I had to know the job of my company commander, so the guy above me and his boss. Because in a battle, I could... One, be the lowest man on the totem pole, and then, you know, three minutes, I'm now in charge, and I have to continue the mission and fight the mission and so on and so on. So, um, and one of the things that was interesting, we did this deployment when the wall kind of came down, or not the wall, when NATO and all that sort of stuff, we were doing this partnership for peace and the whole Eastern Bloc and former Eastern Bloc countries were wanting to join NATO, and we did a, a joint big giant joint exercise together. And we send over our NCOs and sergeants and things to go and do big, you know, moving big money around and making big decisions. Mm-hmm. And that they, that our counter, well, I won't even say counterparts, they refuse to deal. Some of the nations refuse to deal with them. They're like, you're not an officer. They wouldn't, because they were like, what? <laughs> so they, you know, for them, they're what you would just say. A soldier's just to obey orders. What's this guy doing over here making decisions, um, doing these things? And so they struggle with the fact that um, our soldiers have that kind of responsibility because their soldiers were, you know, you just do what you're told, don't question anything and just kind of go. So, yeah, so um, in terms of, you know, 18 to go and make and if you think about what we're actually asking kids to do in war um they're in charge you know you're 18 19 20 you're in charge of other people's lives you've got to make life and death decisions so you're telling me i can make a life and death decision but i can't make a whether i drink or not drink decision so there's those kinds of i don't even know how we got here but um Oh, yeah, about this idea about critical thinking, and it it doesn't until later. And I'm just thinking, well, actually, that's just how we've conditioned people to do. There was a point in our history where, you know, when you're 13, you're already, I mean, think of the flipping Romans. I know you said anomalies, not even anomalies. Think of the, um, your Spartans. You know, you're taking away from your mom at seven, and you're going off to learn how to, do stuff <laughs> and you know and so you're already in manhood um when you hit 13 you know you're not 
just sitting around doing nothing. You're in charge of stuff and doing things. Um, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I think it's more of a way of how we okay. re-raise kids now and the expectations that we've taken away to delay them having to do things. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know. Do we delay it? I think it's good. And then I guess so. so, It's an opportunity. It's not necessarily positive or negative. Well, you can look at it this way and you can say, and this is kind of how I guess we kind of rationalize it. At least I do anyway. It's like you're going to spend the rest of your life having to learn how to work and do all these things. So while you're a kid, be a kid. You know, play, do, explore. Don't worry about these things. Um, Because you got the rest of your life, you do that. But then for people who, and I would say, didn't have the luxury to do that, mm-hmm. they get ahead in some instances because they already mm-hmm. have street smarts. They already are um, out there making it. They're not delaying. They're doing it up front um, before their peers do. Which I guess then comes back to if you compare yourself with other people, which obviously we know that as the human race we do a lot, or actually if you can concentrate on yourself and only compare yourself with yourself. Um, And you're right. And actually, and I was reading something again recently whereby we were talking about work experience. In fact, do you know what? I think it was when I was reading um, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. And essentially, if it was in there, what was being said was that, you know, there are people who cannot afford to do work experience because work experience is unpaid work, which obviously can or could have a place. But if you're in a situation whereby actually, if you're not in education, you need to work because you need to earn money to contribute to food on the table and the roof over your head, then you can't afford to do work experience. You can't afford to, you know, to transport yourself around unless it's, if I say, within walking distance. I mean, you know, and some people have to, to, to walk a long way and so on and so forth. And, and, and yeah, just this, well, again, is the inequality in society. Here's another, and, and we have to look this up because it would be great. And, and, and in fact, this conversation that we're having right now, it was Channel 4 or one of them or BBC um, documentary to see, do we cuddle our youth? And cuddle they, or cuddle? Cuddle, as in, you know, you don't have to do Dude, stuff until them, you're, keep, yeah, them keep them safe until you're like 18 this. Yeah. Um, and they looked at our society and they looked at about three or four different societies and at what age um, do kids have to use critical thinking because mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. no adults around. Um, and they, one of them was a Japanese um, kid. Um, and I think he's only, he was only like six. Now, can you imagine letting your six-year-old navigate London? On his own? On his own. Go no. to school, catch the tube. No. At six. Well, Not on for them, own. they do. This kid takes himself to school. I think that's fantastic, yeah. I would like to say, because I am so about independence. Um, yeah, well, that's it was great. And then, so that's him. You know, he's navigating Tokyo. 
six-year-old kid. That is awesome. But there's a number of things that you can look at. Because one, you can say, you know, we don't do it because we, you know, this is, it's not safe for the kids. <laughs> um, and so we're, you know, because we got monsters who will prey on kids and maybe they're more orderly. I don't know. But, you know, this kid, no problem. Boom, 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 boom. And we have to find it because it was great to see that. And then mm. they showed another one. These kids that are in the mm. desert, same age. They looked at the same age. So they kept in the same age ones. And they were, and I don't remember the tribe, but here's your machete, six-year-old. Go walk miles on your own out into the desert. Go get water to bring it back to the tribe. You know, can you imagine giving your six-year-old a machete, send him off with his brother or sister and say, you go walk about five or six miles, go get this water and bring it back. So. I would say, and obviously with both of those, I would say no. But what I would also say is that that's because they've not been brought up in that environment. So actually, well, I guess that's my point. Is my point about, is that we do we do that to people, to our kids. It's not that they don't have the ability to learn critical thinking at a young age. I think that's where I was going. Okay. At. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I am curious. Because obviously, as I say, you know, mine was from looking at research that was done. Uh, when I say mine, I mean as in this, the fact that the brain doesn't mature to be able to think critically until. Now, having said all of that, I've always tried to teach both of my children to assess situations and think critically. Um, I can also say I have watched them struggle, not necessarily with the thinking, but with the fact that the people that they're interacting with aren't they don't that you know there's they they aren't able to connect with my boys because they are thinking in a different way um and with one of my children people just accept that's the way he is you know, he has a disability he um has additional needs and they they accept that with him even though he's more than capable and you know i don't think that he will stand out as particularly different in 10 years time but the other my other son people have struggled to connect to them. They can't quite understand it. And I think he's actually found that he's almost had to have a foot in two worlds. And so then that raises the question of, should I have brought him up like that and made him, you know, kind of, or made him question, made him question these things? Or so have I alienated him from who he is by encouraging him to be independent from such an early age? Yeah. Now, we are probably very close to our We're there. hour. So we're going to just we to, no, yeah, close to that. Um, just to add on, because we talked about this on the previous show, um, and the fact that you know me and my own experience of my mom losing her mom, mm. and so at a very young age it was here you need to take care of yourself type thing. But that you know was, you know, I was cultivated in that way. Um, you know, again, I was you know in the few grades ahead in my reading because again cultivated that knowledge was the most important thing ever so you know I was cultivated to uh, value education um so yeah I guess my main point was just the fact that it's us and how we socialize our kids young um, into the space and I found and we can maybe link this into the show notes, perhaps. I found um, part of that documentary on YouTube. It was, it was on the ITV, Planet Child. Um, 
And they were looking at, can kids navigate their way across London alone? So part of this program is they were to take, you know, our kids to soft. <laughs> and then as a contrast, you know, they were showing the kid in Japan, um, even in their school systems, all the kids are responsible for policing of and serving each other and cleaning the school versus having adults and stuff do all of that. Um, mm. And then they showed these guys out in the, in this tribe and what they had to do for the tribe at a young age. And it's quite scary to see this, you know, really young kid running around with this machete because um, we think, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, it, again, and, and I'm, I am conscious of the time. So there was, and I can't remember if it was Dr. Spock, and I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't find this body of work until um, long after my children were uh would have benefited from me knowing it earlier. But there was something whereby if, if you have a child, uh, like a, if you have a baby and you use a carrier that allows that baby to see the world, so not behind you, but in front of you, and the child is, is sort of bound to you, as it were, so it's safe and supported. I'm saying child, but I do mean baby. That baby will be able to chop vegetables with a super sharp knife you know, at the age of three or four. And I I think that that is phenomenal. And I do wish that I had come across this body of work yeah. earlier. Well, even think about, like they say, we're not helping kids, like even like in the playground, mm -hmm. you know, health and safety and we're making all the <laughs> oh, playgrounds yeah, well, we make it all nice and safe and stuff oh it drives me bananas um, it drives me bananas yeah because then, then we take away their ability to assess risk and you know, they make these kind of things it's like come Absolutely. on when at what point we're going to turn them loose when it's too late now they've all developed all these bad habits and you know yeah. aren't able to do their thing because you know we we you know we're yeah Exactly. It's really ridiculous. important that, you know, what we need to is, is it's not necessarily the content knowledge that we need to share with our kids, yeah. but it is about and I don't know if that I've, ability to question, that ability to assess and to think for themselves. what their actions may or may not mean. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know if it was in the same mm -hmm. program or not, but they were, and this might've been something I read, they took a map, I think, and they did it in maybe Manchester or somewhere up that way. But they were showing by year um, how, and again, a young age, what your range was as a kid in 19-whatever. And they just showed how that map, the area that you were allowed to roam, how it shrunk yeah. into modern yeah. times, whereas it used to be huge. Now we keep them right in our front garden, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right. That doesn't surprise me. Where they are. doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But, I mean, this is partly why I'm very lucky. And my kids have always lived in villages since they were born. And so I am very, I've, I've been able to, to let them have the freedom if they want it. And it's interesting to see how much they do or don't want it. But. I'm, you know, I've always been happy to let them kind of go to the other end of the yeah, village or out of the fields. So much freedom when I was a kid, man. Well, you did exactly. 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 All I had, only I think rule, it's really important. Yeah, well, only rule that I had was you need to be back before dark. That was it. Yeah, do you know what? I think that's a great rule. Be back <laughs> before dark. Be back before right. dark. Now we need to wrap but up. But now listen, no, because you missed, you missed, oh. you missed some of my no, my other I'm stories. Sure I've yeah. Go on. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> and now you probably just made me forget that one. What? Because oh, was... I'm so mean on your birthday to do that. Yeah. To you. Well, if we have to close all these loops that we were open, we don't have to close oh, them. Um, or do we? Do we? You um, but there was one loop that I did want to close, but now I think okay. I just well, it's too late. I've got distracted now. It's gone. I'm sorry. It came back, it, and then it's just gone it. now. It might pop up whilst I'm wrapping up. So if it pops up, then. Yeah. Well, what was the show about? What were we talking about? What we we were talking about um, can kids never get their way across London by themselves? No, 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 no. I mean, the episode itself was about courage, wasn't it? This whole what was Um, it? Yeah. So summarize. You go ahead and summarize this episode for us. (laughs) So you have just been so mean. Yeah. So what have we learned today? And what? What? What have? What have? Yeah. What have we learned? What have you learned? And what, well, what could people take away um, from this? Okay, so I wasn't aware that we were necessarily sharing things to, to learn. It was more about getting well, what did you to learn? think about Did you about learn this. anything? What did you well, learn? Well, for me, it's about going away and thinking about this and thinking, okay, so actually, you know, are we, what, what are we? You know, who are we? What do we mean by I am? Um, what does courage mean? And is it more than simply having the ability to disregard fear? So is courage about bravery? There's physical courage, there's moral courage. Um, and actually, you know, I mean, you were saying, how can you not know who you are? Whereas I'm saying that I believe that we live in a society that doesn't necessarily allow us to be who we are. And then sometimes you can forget that, uh, particularly if you live a long and fruitful life. Uh, we talked about a whole load of things we talked about. Yeah, but what did you learn? I know we talked about loads. What did you learn? Well, I'm still processing. I don't necessarily learn that in the moment, but you've sparked my brain in a load of ways. Um, And then we talked about critical thinking skills. So I suppose, actually, if you really want me to come up with something that I have learned, now I'm reflecting and processing. The thing that I have learned is that possibly... And, and actually, I say learned, and, and actually, I think it's more about bringing it into conscious thought, is that I've always accepted that the critical thinking skills um, don't de- develop until later on, like mid-20s. But actually, what I have learned is potentially what I've been doing with my kids is okay, and that they will it'll all iron out in the, the long term, by which I mean I have always tried them try to teach them to think for themselves and to assess yeah, situations. I was going to say, in my 20s, I would have, if I didn't have any critical thinking skills, I'd be dead. I was already a soldier by in my, when I was 17. Well, and so that's the other thing that I've learned, is that actually <laughs> I had made an assumption that as a soldier, you simply had to follow orders. I have learned that it's only the legal orders. And I love that because actually that opens up so many possibilities because it does mean, you know, actually we haven't even ever touched on whistleblowing in the 13 episodes so far. But I have always wondered about whistleblowing and... Well, that's what this that episode was meant to be about. Because whistle, well, whistleblowing is about moral courage. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Mm. So maybe, you know, at some point we could do a, a further focus on that. But yeah, so there's a vague summary there, um, vague I hope. Summary. There is a couple of things I have learned. Has that prompted in your mind the one loop you wanted to close? No, it's gone, man. You missed out, on a, you missed out on a nugget. I messed up. You missed Take on a nugget. Yep. You should have made a note, nope. and then you could have closed it. The nugget's but gone. That's not how my brain works, man. <laughs> we here, just man. simply want to share so that you listening are going, wow, okay, well, my brain is kind of feeling like it's had a bit of a workout there. So obviously, Clay would love to know what you've learned. 
And I would love to know what you're going to go away and question in your life as a result of listening to today. Well, just I hope kinda, you've enjoyed yeah. listening to the Wisdom Experience podcast. Share um, some stuff, man. Yeah, share it. We, please Engage. share it with other people. Like, subscribe, join in with the conversation and let us know what you want to hear us uh, <laughs> I say converse about. Um, today's been quite a robust conversation, quite lively. But well, we've been all over the place. I know, but hasn't it been fun? See, I love it. Yeah, I love that. We've been all we've been all around the houses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. And other thing, other announcement, our 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 merger, our our distribution, other distribution network on the Radio Workshire podcasting network. Oh yes. Well, that's there. That's happening. So you may hear that jingle uh, in the coming podcast. Something else that I was thinking that we might do that might be a future um, enhancement to this as well is, is again, you start to see more of the sort of segments. I, I get it that some people say that these the episodes can be, you know, longer um, if we pulled out more shorter snippets that people can l- listen to. Um, in this, you know, I can listen to that segment and that segment and that segment. So we might do. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but at, at very least, yeah, um, I, I definitely. Think, you know what? I'm going to pick the, up on that because yeah. it would be lovely to have, if I say the the time to be able to do that. Um, but of course, at the moment, this podcast is completely free, and that means that Clay and I uh, earn our money in different ways. So. We will do what we can, but please understand that that this is something that at the moment is purely a labour of love. Uh, that's why we have our links to so Amazon, yeah, that's which right. is literally fractions of pennies. But if you use that, it helps fund the podcast, which means that we can do things like take out shorter segments. And now and, that you say that, better. maybe mm-hmm. I should set up the buy us a coffee link on their website. We could do that. We could absolutely do that. Yeah. Yeah. We can crowdsource some of this stuff. Tea, but, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, something like that. That would be great. Okay. And last thing for today, which now we have well, well, well gone over the hour, and I do apologise. Um, but is to Don't apologise. It's our show. This is our, You talk about authenticity is what oh. we were talking about earlier, isn't it? So it doesn't have to be, it's ours. But they can, it, well, this is our show, and but I like it to listen, be less than an hour. You're they more can, fluid. They can always, don't take away choice, they can always stop. Okay. They can always pause. They can always <clears throat> yes. come back. So, <laughs> so, if, <laughs> so that, is, that is true. Yeah, they can do all those things. So there's Which, a, although you would then start to say, but actually in the society that we're in, do we believe that we do have that? But that's another story for another episode. However... Right. Before I go, episode 14, uh, I'm actually going to take a week's holiday. So episode 14 is going to be with a really good friend of mine, Lindsay DeSwart, who does similar things. In fact, actually, she's almost a kind of a, a blend of what I do and what Clay does. So I think you're going to have a really interesting conversation with her next week, Clay. And I hope you enjoy it as you listen. Bye for now. And have a good holiday. Do whatever it is that you do. (laughs) Hey, I'm off. Done. I'm out of here.